0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: It's the moment of the evening every K State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys
0: boys, come on, boys. The boys are back in Blitz Month, continues on. We are on a feel-good Friday at the end of the week, but spoiler alert, I'm actually recording this on a Tuesday, so if anything too crazy happens, you know, from the midpoint in the week to the back end, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm pre-recording some of these. Get over it. But the guy I have on the show today is the young gun over on K-State Online. Is he the best dude covering K-State football and K-State football recruiting? No, that's probably his boss, but he is number two with a bullet. He is a former Washburn Rule grad. He is a former K-State grad. We've followed the similar trajectory into K-State superstardom when it comes to following the Cats. You know him. You love him. Well, I don't know if you love him, but I do. His name is Drew Galloway. Drew, welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome back. Welcome to Blitz Month. I can't remember. Did you have a Blitz Month show last year?
1: Yeah, I did uh, like one of the end ones with uh, Grant. Uh, we did ours, I think, right before the start of the season. So like th- this is very early for me. So it's nice to be back, though. Always good to be on the show. Love hanging out, just talking, talk about K State, and excited for the whole year. Everything sounded pretty good right now, still.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. So, you know, again, I'm having to do all these without Grant. You know, he wanted to do that one with you because he he remembers you when you were just a little tyke. So, oh yeah, I'm glad I get to do this one with you. You are a little bit earlier in uh, the month, so you're at a little bit of a handicap when we get to those predictions towards the end before we kind of get going how excited are you because i believe is this your second year covering the team without school yeah right? this
1: is uh this is my second year fully injected like i started during the covid year for basketball and football so like i didn't really get a whole lot of like experience there like there was a limited number in the press box even so like I was actually in the student section for every football game and then basketball wise because of how they did student tickets um, my friends and I we elected to just not get basketball tickets and just watch the games at home so this is my second year fully covering the team and it's been a blast so far it's been so much fun
0: well, that's what I love to hear. Before we get into it, I have to do Beer of the Pod. And a shout out to the sponsor of this week of Blitz Month, and that is Manhattan Brewing Company. I, we're recording this right after I clocked off for the day, and the first thing I did was crack open a beer. It is their Towny Wheat Beer. I tell you what, Drew, if you want a good wheat beer, if you just think in your mind, hey, the mouthfeel, the flavor you know, the crispness, that is exactly what towny wheat is. I could probably drink eight of these back to back to back. I don't recommend that. We recommend drinking safely, but that is how good this beer is. I love it. I love Manhattan Brewing Company. If you folks didn't listen to me and Jimmy, that release on Tuesday, we recorded that one in uh, the Manhattan uh, Brewing Company tap room right there by the brewing equipment. It was a blast to record there. I'm going to be there all fall long. So find me there on Fridays before games and just get in there. They have over 15 beers on tap. Grab a four pack, take it to your tailgate before the game. I promise you will not be disappointed and follow them on all their social media accounts because they have a lot of fun events all August and September long. Again, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Co. And again, the Towny Wheat. I'm going to be, every time you guys hear Drew talking, I'm going to mute my mic and I'm going to be drinking this all pod long. So I want to get to Drew because, again, I need to take a sip real quick. Um, It's been a while since we last had you on. I want you just to give me basically a 30 to 40 second scouting report or just what you have on the latest commits. Let's start first with the man from up in Idaho, Jackson Fulmer.
1: So Jackson Fulmer is really raw. He's only played football for two seasons so far, and one was at tight end, and the other was at offensive line, which is crazy to think about. He has so much untapped potential. He has really, really good feet from his basketball days. He was a very good basketball player on the AAU circuit, and he uses that now on the offensive line very well. He's still raw, learning the tricks of the trade, but he's one that... Under Connor Riley's tutelage, could end up being an all-conference player because you really you'll really get to see him take steps along the way because he's so raw and Connor Riley is such a good teacher. I mean, I talked on Big Twelve or during Big Twelve media days about how Connor Riley is probably a top ten offensive line coach. So, like, you'll really get to see him shine with Jackson Fulmer.
0: So they seem to like. Basketball players, I I think you know I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it is uh Kitty obizar Obazor Obazor. Um, I believe it's a uh, Kitty Obiezor,
1: but I mean, the last name not as as sure about. Well, well,
0: yeah. I mean, everyone knows how I pronounce names, but he was a defensive end guy. Um, he was more of a basketball prospect for a while, yes. or maybe not a basketball prospect, but that was his focus up until recently. What, what what do you know about him?
1: So he's one where at all of the camps throughout June, July, um, Derek and I would always get there pretty early just to like watch all of the prospects come in because we don't always know who is coming in and like participating and competing at a lot of these camps. And Katie was one where Derek and I were standing off to the side. And we both looked at each other we said, who the hell is that? Because he is all of 6'6", six, six, probably 245 right now. And he can he has huge legs, big shoulders. He's a guy that can probably play defensive tackle or defensive end in the strong side defensive end position, which is similar to fellow defensive end commit Ryan Davis, where he isn't like the Felix or the Khalid or the Nate like type of defensive end where he is more of like the heavy defensive end that will be very good during run support. He is also another one that's really, really raw because of like what we said, he averaged 19 points and I think it was 11 or 12 rebounds during his last basketball season. He had a basketball scholarship from Hampton university as well.
0: Yeah. So, and that's another guy who, you know, he, 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 I, I went back on his profile. he, was one of the top, you know, he, he was listed as a small forward. He was listed as one of the top sophomore uh, small forwards in all of Minnesota going back to last summer. So, again, uh, and, and then right there, there's that Hampton, uh, you know, Division one offer right there. That just kind of goes to show that this staff really has enjoyed finding those multi-sport athletes, and they have those guys who can teach them how to play football. Let's go up to the other defensive end that we grabbed during this time, Ryan Davis. I think he probably fits that uh, you know, bigger defensive end role as well, but you can correct me if I'm wrong on that one.
1: Yeah, Ryan Davis is one where he is also a strong side defensive end, but I don't think that he is going to be able to move inside as well, just because it doesn't look like he carries the weight as well as KD does. KD looks like a guy that could go up to 320 and still look skinny. Where Ryan Davis is, I wish I could ho- do that. Where Ryan Davis is probably gonna hover on that 275-285 range, and he's more of like a Jalen Pickle, like take up space, and again, can rush the passer pretty well, but like run support and really helping out along that three-man front of taking on a bunch of guys that wants to free up the linebackers is what more of Ryan Davis' bread and butter is gonna be.
0: Yeah, I think everyone wanted to like be like, oh, is this the next Nate Matlack? Uh, no, I, I think that he is like a spot on comp for Jalen Pickle. And as one of Jalen Pickle's biggest fans, I am all about it. Let's get next to Austin Romaine, a uh, linebacker. Um, this was an interesting one, if not just for all the lettuce puns that came from that commitment. But w- w- what would you tell folks who are looking at Austin Romaine's tape?
1: So Austin Romaine is another guy that was at a camp. What they're doing this year compared to last cycle is that they're kind of backfilling now with guys that came to camps, opposed to how the 2022 cycle was mostly camp guys throughout the month of June and July that they offered and got commitments from. This is more of they're finding guys that they feel like they can mold and develop really well. And Austin Romaine is a big linebacker. He's a big kid. He's probably 6'2", 220 right now. can really move. He's going to play the Mike linebacker role, which is where Daniel Green is playing. So he doesn't need to be great in coverage. So like, there isn't a lot of tape on him in coverage, but he can move his hips pretty well. He hits really hard, and he's a super smart kid. I think that his Twitter bio says he has like a 4.3 GPA and has a bunch. and had a bunch of Ivy league offers as well. So he's a very, very smart kid.
0: Yeah. Tons of Ivy leagues after him. And I believe he had like one of the most eye popping pro agility, uh, you know, times at one of the camps he went to, I think it was like a laser time, like 4.1, something. I might be misremembering that, but uh, elite, you know, quickness and agility. Let's get to Robert Lester next again. This guy has almost kind of like his own like cult hero status over in Arkansas Uh, when you read up and see what he played through during his junior year. I mean, I think the the phrase is getting overused now, but I think it is proper to say he has that dog in him.
1: If I was going to go to battle with anybody out of anyone in this recruiting class, in a weird way, R.J. Lester in two weeks is the guy that I'd go to battle with. He played last season with two broken hands (laughs) and he just kept playing. He had, he had an interception in the first game he played with two broken hands in and he's kind of received this cult hero status because of that. He's very, very, very long. Him and Donovan McIntosh are like the exact same when you look at body types and they can both really, really run. You see one site has him as almost a four-star talent. Rivals has yet to evaluate him yet, but he's probably gonna be in that mid to high three-star range. And he was another guy that they kind of snuck in as a camp guy, and they loved him at the camp. They brought him up for the unofficial visit during July, and he ended up committing and he kind of seems like he's a bit underrated when you look at his offer sheet, when you look at his 4 4 8, 40 time, you look at his body type, you look at the fact that he played last year with two broken hands, that he probably should have received a lot more offers than he did.
0: Yeah, so on three is the only one that has him ranked. They have him as an 88, so he's two points away from being a four-star. He's the number three ranked uh, player in all of Arkansas and the number 43 cornerback in the nation. So I think it is more than fair to look at him and say he is underrated uh, based on his offer sheet. And you got to hope that, uh, you know, folks will put a little bit of respect on him when it, when, you know, rivals two, four, seven ESPN come around to, uh, you know, evaluating him. So Donovan McIntosh also over on, on three, he's an 89 right there on that razor edge of becoming a four-star and he's the 38 cornerback in the nation. So again, those two guys, those two long, speedy corners, you gotta love getting those in. Uh, final guy, defensive tackle. Everyone was wondering when we are going to find him. And I'm gonna try the last name. Uh, so it's gonna be bad. It is what it is. Asher Tomas Thomas I don't know. It sounds Polish. Do you have a better? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Asher Tomasowski. Tomasowski. All right, that's way better. Tomasowski. Um, so Say
1: it with me again, it's another It's another camp find in these late June, late July commits. Um, we had somebody who is on the inside and knows a lot more about scouting than we do that said that Eli Huggins is like this comp. And with how Eli Huggins has played last year and the way that Chris Kleiman talked about him at the opening press conference for fall camp, that's one hell of a compliment that they think that he can be like that. He had almost the entire Mac offered him. He had interest from a few Big Ten schools. And much like Canajal uh, Thomas in the month of June, um, Asher was almost an insta-commit as soon as he got the offer as well.
0: Yeah, and he does play up at a prestigious prep school up in Chicago, Mount Carmel or Carmel, whatever, Uh, So you know he has some skill to his game, and he's going to be playing some pretty good talent in his senior year. Um, A few more questions before we get into the predictions. What does the 2023 big board look like now at this point? They have 17 commits in the fold. You know, the initial counter rule is out the window, so they can take as many as they want. But, again, uh, you know, they're they're a lot closer to the 85 than they used to be. So how many more guys do you think they're going to take, and uh, who should fans be keeping an eye on? So your first question is kind of a No, that, that was my fucking three right three questions in one. The Scott Wildcat special. Here's three <laughs> questions. Answer them, please.
1: But um, it's hard to genuinely know right now how many they plan on taking for the cycle, just because that hasn't counted for attrition or players leaving early for the NFL draft. So right now, I'd say it could be in that thirty to thirty-two range potentially once you add in transfers as well. Uh, but some folks that, uh, or some people that folks should be keeping an eye on, um, Jordan Allen is the one that comes to mind from Olathe South, the defensive end. Um, they had him up for an unofficial visit at the end of July as well, which was huge. Um, it's also huge that they still have the official visit in, his back, in their back pocket for him and that he still hasn't committed anywhere. Um, John Randall is another one that jumps out right away. JRJ, okay.
0: baby, come on. I say,
1: I think everybody knows the story there now that K State is still just kind of lingering and is the only school that is still in the picture for him. It's like he's a huge one to keep in mind. Trey Spivey is one that I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, K State hosted him on an unofficial during the month of July and that last weekend or during the week, sorry. And um, he seemed to really enjoy the visit and he's pretty close with Avery Johnson as well um, and with the kind of decline and how Jacoby Lane's recruitment is trending, Trace Byvey becomes a little bit more important. Um, I'm all I'm still looking with uh, Prince Will Uman a million because it's just so quiet and he posted his uh, uh, he posted his official offers um, on August 1st. And it was K-State, Houston, I think Arizona State and one other school is like all he posted and still the only school that's on his Instagram is his visit to K-State. So I get, you don't know. And it probably isn't great for K-State that he is still uncommitted at this current moment.
0: Well, don't like that, but hopefully they can get that one across the goal line. Um, Two more before uh, we get to the predictions. You were able to be on hand for that 40 minutes of open practice earlier this week. Is there anything that really stood out to you or was it like, all right, you know, they watch, let us watch, you know, some stretching and some stuff just to kind of appease us. Nothing too crazy.
1: I mean, there was nothing too crazy per se that like we saw um, during the 40 minutes of open practice, but we did get to see... Um, the offensive line, Taylor Potier was really, really good in the little segment that we got to see. We got to see um, Chris Kleiman actually coaching the safeties with Joe Klanderman, and they're really working together as a duo to get the safeties along and get them trying to figure out where they all fit. And I'll touch on this in your next question a little bit about stuff that I'm really looking forward to, but safety is a spot where, like, It just feels like it's the biggest question mark on the roster right now. And then um, the other thing that really stood out was that Khalid Duke wasn't on the field. But, again, Chris Kleiman reiterated multiple times that he's going to be ready by the first game.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I buy that. Um, I can say this because I don't think I'm ever going to talk to Chris Kleiman again. I'm not going to say never, but uh, he scares me. I I don't think he has any incentive to tell the truth there. So that's my that's my take on Khalid Duke. Um, final thing before we get into the predictions, what's the number one or and one and two things you're going to really keep an eye out over the uh, next 25 days as we grind towards that first game versus South Dakota? Uh,
1: the first thing is going to be, um, like I said, the safety situation because I was actually writing the 2023 safety like recruiting outlook, and there's one section that's about just like roster outlook. And you look at it and of the eight safeties currently on scholarship, only two were on the team last year and TJ Smith and sincere Mason, and sincere Mason had a major knee injury towards the end of the season last year. TJ Smith was very inconsistent after his knee injury from a year ago. And you look at that and you look at that. They start three safeties. Now, how far along can these safeties get by big 12 play the first game the end of the season, like the, the safety room is a big concern of mine. And then the other uh, major storyline I'll be looking forward to seeing how it plays out is along the offensive line, seeing who wins a battle at center and then who wins a battle between Katori Leviston and Andrew gang. Because that, that, I mean, that's a kind of a, an uh, underrated storyline a little bit is who wins that battle because you can do a lot if with either one depending on who starts because you could have BB at tackle and Levison at left guard, or you have Langang gang at left tackle and BB at left guard. And then the battle between Hayden Gillum and Hadley Panzer is also interesting because I mean, if uh Panzer loses out at center, I mean, he will be in cont- or he'll be getting playing time at guard as well.
0: All right. So I'm going to make you do bonus predictions. So gun to your head, 25 days out from the starting or from that first game. Um in 25 days from when we record, not from when folks get to listen. So gun to your head, who are the three starting safeties?
1: Uh gun to my head right now at starting safety. I'd go Josh Hayes, TJ Smith, Kobe Savage. All right.
0: Who do you have at center?
1: Uh right now I'd say Hayden Gillum at center.
0: See, I someone told me Panzer just uh earlier today. So I mean we'll yeah. see what happens.
1: I feel like it changes daily between those two. Which and is I think that's for a good case thing. Day. I think they're yeah. good,
0: good pushing each other. And then KT Lev or Andrew the Dakotan, young gun, babyface line gang.
1: I'd honestly lean towards KT right now. Um, KT is really slimmed up. He looks very, very good. And Kleiman raved about him a lot in the first press conference. So I'd lean a little bit more towards KT right now.
0: So coming out of spring. Everyone I talked to was going the other way, but it does sound like fall camp KT Lev has started super hot. So those will be fun ones to uh, keep an eye on. Before we get Drew to go on the record, remember, this week has been sponsored by Manhattan Brew Company. Folks, I've almost completely housed the six ounce, uh, you know, towny American style wheat beer. During this podcast already, it is delicious. I promise you there is something for every single beer drinker. And if you just want a fun spot to chill in Manhattan, whether you're a townie, whether you're coming in for, uh, you know, football season, or if you are a student 21 and over, check them out. They always have some fun food trucks right down there on Points Avenue. Guys, I know a lot of folks are Aggieville people still like, you know, to this day, not me. I go down to Points and the spot I go to the very first time, i i park my car i'm walking into manhattan brewing company again follow them on all their socials they have all sorts of fun stuff going on in august and september okay let's get to it uh anyone who's been listening unless you're you know just a special listen for drew you know how these go unlike previous years there's almost actually there aren't any uh, restrictions when it comes to these questions so Go with your heart, and you're on the record. Again, this is in cement. We're pounding this into stone like the Ten Commandments. If you go away from these, Drew, I sick the boneheads on you. So you have to stick to these predictions. It is what it is. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. All right, who's going to be the offensive MVP?
1: I mean, since there's no restrictions, I feel like i got to go Adrian Martinez. Um, Quarterback, most important position in football, one of the most important positions in sports. How he goes, K-State will go. He can't be the inconsistent performer that we saw at Nebraska, although a lot of that wasn't exactly his fault. He needs to be, if he has a very good year, K-State will probably be in contention for top three, top two, Big 12.
0: All right, so I think the other answer we're going to hear a ton is Deuce Vaughn. So who will be the third horseman to go along with Deuce and Adrian? So I'm buying into
1: the Malik Knowles stock again. I've believed in him since he played his four games as a true freshman. I think that this year with the new offense, new receivers coach, I think that Ward can unlock something in Knowles to take him to another level. And again, it it seems kind of like the cop-out for Adrian is that if Malik Knowles is really good, Casey will also be very good.
0: So Malik Knowles last year had uh, season highs in games played, in reception, in yards, in touchdowns as well. Also tied his career high for most uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns as well, Uh, taking two, or actually that is his high, taking two back to the crib last year as well. The only stat he didn't have a career best at was yards per reception or yards per rush he only had uh, he had actually over 100 yards rushing as well so he had over 547 yards from scrimmage so I'm going to ask you this over under 600 yards from scrimmage and over under four and a half touchdowns
1: Uh, I'll say over on yards I just think that with pace of play and getting more plays off that if he stays healthy he'll be able to get more yards, touchdowns. I, I'd also lean towards the over again just because they want to get 65-70 plays per game now and when you were only averaging 52, 53. And you have to get your best weapons the ball. And Deuce and Malik Knowles are two of them or two of the most dynamic players on the
0: team. I think they are the two most. Um let's flip to the defensive side of the ball again. No restrictions. I, we've seen probably 50-50 with the two guys you'd expect for this one so far. Who's going to be your defensive MVP?
1: Daniel Green for me. Uh, I just think that there's a lot more unproven guys behind Daniel Green that, again, he has to stay healthy stay and keep growing on his performance from last year. I mean, he had a breakout campaign a year ago and now I think he can really take off and really be that first team all big 12 fringe late sixth seventh round pick maybe depending on if a team wants to take a shot on him because he is older he's he has my age actually
0: technically he could still come back for his covid senior season this is just his redshirt senior season
1: (laughs) which is wild to think about but i think that he is the defensive mvp i think he could be pushing for 80 90 tackles maybe
0: I love it. I love it. All right. Who would be your dark horse for that award? If you're going to name one. Um, I feel like this is a,
1: a really popular answer because he is the most popular player when it comes to who do you think is going to break out just for the whole team. That's Nate Matlack. There, there's a lot of sources around the team that think that he's going to be as good, if not better than Felix was a year ago. So that that's big praise. And with Felix getting a lot of double teams, it's likely that you see matlock like, get a couple sacks he in one game like get one and a half in another game and like it just keeps adding up to where he you look down and you're like oh matlock has like 10 and a half sacks this season but um another kind of darker horse i would say would be uh kobe savage they the coaching staff has really liked kobe savage since he enrolled after leaving uh, Tyler junior college and has all has always been the first safety that they bring up.
0: It will be interesting to see, you know, Kobe Savage is the top guy of the Tyler trio, the only one who is up for spring, but it will be interesting to see if any of his defensive teammates can really break onto the scene this year. Let's go to breakout player on the offense.
1: A breakout player on the offense. Um, I was the leader of this bandwagon, so give me RJ Garcia. I think that he is probably one of the most important players on the team right now just for the future of K-State because there are so many question marks at receiver for next year, for the year after that, that if he takes a step this year, which it sounds like he's probably going to be that fourth, fifth guy as a redshirt freshman, I don't think he could really take a jump. And I'm not going to say that he like fully breaks out, but he's going to be a guy that At the end of the year, everybody is going to be really glad that they added him when they did. And he's another guy that if COVID wasn't around and, like, the pandemic and, like, actual recruiting was able to happen, I think he would have had a lot more offers than he did. And the K-State coaches have raved about him all spring, summer, now the first fall press conference. RJ Garcia was one of the first guys mentioned as a young player. So I think I'd go with him.
0: Oh, favorite of Wyatt Thompson as well. So you're in very high company. I'm right there with you. I've been an RJ Garcia fan, maybe, you know, a few days after you, I'm going to give you like the title of like the first dude on the bandwagon. I was second or third for sure. Uh, Let's go to defense. When you were talking about uh, the dark horse honor, you named at least one guy who'd qualify for this. Nate Matlack would not qualify. I would say Kobe Savage could qualify for this if you want him to, but who is your official pick for breakout player on defense?
1: Uh, I'll stick with Kobe Savage I just think that there's so much buzz around him and everybody seems to love his work ethic love how he's playing right now and they think that they got to steal with him so I I think I'd take him as my breakout player Um, it's crazy to think about like that they kind of need a safety to break out because you know what you're getting at all three or the other levels of the defense so like they need a safety to take a jump, and I think Savage is the most likely candidate right now.
0: Yes, I, I, I'm i right there with you. I, I'm a big believer in Kobe Savage. All right, my favorite question in all of Blitz Month, what is the pendulum game of the season?
1: Um, this one, we had a similar question for uh, one of the KSO panels. Anyway, I wonder do you, do you where
0: look? Derek stole that idea from. <laughs>
1: When you look at the schedule, for me, it's that Texas Tech game. It's right after the Oklahoma game, right before the Iowa State game. Texas Tech, in a low-key way, finished very, very strong. There's a lot of buzz about their program. I really like their quarterback. Um, I think Donovan Smith, I believe, is his name. And there's there's so much buzz around their whole program that it just seems like that's one where you really can't afford to lose it and it's a home game it's sandwiched between two massive road games so like it just feels like that's one that you have to get and you can't afford to lose
0: that that almost seems more like trap game than pendulum game but you know what there are no wrong answers on blitz month all right what's k-state's record what's your official prediction
1: uh, my official prediction, and I put this on my Big 12 ballot just because I went ahead and did records too because I, I can't do math very well. It's like I have to be like, oh, this team, like 10 and 2, whatever. I went with a 9 and 3 for K State this season.
0: All right, so nine and three, I mean, that puts you right on the cusp of possibly wearing white in Arlington, especially if there's a pile up this year. Again, no great teams in the Big 12, six and three, assuming, because I'm assuming you have us beating Missouri and going three and on the non-con. So six and three, no one has made it to Arlington with a six and three record yet. Could this be the first year? I'm going to ask you, who is playing in Arlington?
1: So, I have Baylor playing K State actually. I just think that K State, that's their most talented roster. It's the roster that, if you look at just the starters, it's a Big 12 or a Big 12 championship caliber roster. And Chris Kleiman's a very good coach. It just seems like it's the perfect storm in a wide open league that K State can go ahead and get into second place and play in Arlington playing Baylor.
0: All right. Well, since you have them in there, does Baylor go back to back or is K-State hoisting up the trophy?
1: I do have Baylor going back to back, though.
0: Uh, well, I don't know if you have, but you need to listen to uh, KSU underscore fan uh, and his uh, Blitz Month because he makes a compelling case as to why uh, why Baylor will not be in Arlington. So I'll just, I'll just say that. Go back and listen. Everyone should go back and listen to that one. Uh, final one, we're just going to wrap it up. Uh, how many members are in the big 12 in 2024? And then we'll actually expand it one year into the future 2025 as well. Uh, So
1: for 2024, I'd say 14, I'm going to be a little bit bold. I'll say that Arizona and Arizona state come in and
0: OU and Texas leave. Whoa, that is bold. That is bold. So then in 2025, is it those same 14 or do Colorado and Utah join?
1: Uh, for now, I'd still say that I'd keep those fourteen. I, I, you know, I just want to shake things up. Have Arizona, Arizona State come in.
0: That is that is a bold one. I believe at this point that that is the first time that has been predicted. So that's all we have. That is Drew Galloway Blitz Month from State Online. Um, what do you guys got going on in the month of August? Um, you know, September is still basically worlds away, so I won't ask about what you guys have going on in September. Usually crazy stuff happens with K-State online on in September. September 1st, there's usually something crazy going on, but what do you have going on the uh, rest of the month of August? Uh,
1: the rest of the month of August, we have um, a bunch of press conferences for fall camp. There's going to be some recruiting stuff that gets put out. Um, we're still – And there could be um, some more basketball recruiting news in the future, potentially, depending on what happens with Keontae Johnson.
0: I don't think that's going to happen.
1: There could be... so There's going to be a lot of stuff, mostly geared towards fall camp, because we have a lot of press and media availabilities throughout this month. And we get to see an open practice again on the 15th of August. And... I think that might be the only other open practice that we get to see. but Like, we get to see – we get to talk to all of the position coaches, both coordinators, and I think we had one more with Kleiman before the season starts. So, it'll be a bunch of stuff about fall camp.
0: I absolutely love it. All right. That is Drew Galloway of K-State Online. That's all we have, folks. And Blitz Month, week number two, is officially – in the books we got two more weeks of this and then we are officially in game week so on behalf of drew on behalf of chauncey bosco the wonder pup aka my official co-host on behalf of all k state nation be nice on the internet this weekend unless you want to be mean to Stuart mandel iowa state fans and ku fans if they if they step out of line you have my permission but not my brother. Not my mom. I love them very much. They're okay. But that's all we got. We love you guys unconditionally. We love you guys here at Bosco's Boys. We'll talk to you on Monday. And Grant is out there somewhere. He's on Twitter. Go find him and ask him if he's at the cat head. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on, for Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong, you can join in the action, this is where you want to be, with Kansas State, come on set your spirit free, Kansas State, our pride is with the cats, Kansas State, come on join